1: Support, Curtis Fleming is there on the edge of the air. Fleming, for Craig, Hignett, hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the track,
2: oh! coming alive again. Janino wants the ball played to him. Abanelli spots out. Hello and welcome to the Borough Breakdown Podcast with Johnny, Dana, and Tom. We're the Borough Podcast that gives you all of your Borough match day chatter in a podcast. And look, you know what I'm going to say. Bora have beaten Chelsea one goal to nil, courtesy of a Hayden Hackney goal, uh, giving Borough all the advantage in the Carabao Cup semi final. First like I'm going into Stamford Bridge in a couple of weeks' time, guys. We we're all there. Uh, we all went the chip van together. We we're all getting it to be on Five Live, um, <laughs> you know, get the chip ban in first. But how are we feeling because I think I've just came down a little bit uh from the win last night. Dana, how are you feeling about uh borough beating Chelsea at the riverside last night? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Fucking hell. How, how do you even sum up that game and the emotions that I mean, I am not the same person that I was before kickoff yesterday. I could tell you that for much. I feel hungover today. I must admit, I feel hungover. And I had a little bit of gin yesterday before I left just to take the edge off a little bit. Did it work? No, I was shitting myself as soon as it started to, uh, as soon as the game started. But yeah, I feel physically and mentally exhausted after that. I don't think I've spent that much energy and emotion on a football match. I mean, it was just incredible really I am immeasurably proud uh, of Borough because you know we had two players go off within the first 20 minutes Latilath went down within the first 37 seconds was it something ridiculous like that like we're massively up against it anyway played against Chelsea and then to have 14 injuries after Alex Bangura went off massively stretched squad and I mean the mental effort that You know, the players put in to make sure that they got over the line was incredible. The concentration of knowing when to press, when to cover, when to man mark, when to defend, when to boot the ball up like Johnny Housen did a couple of times. God, it was incredible. And I said before the game, I would give anything for Borough to beat Chelsea tonight because they were the only top six Premier League side that I had never seen Borough beat because we were actually on a nine game losing streak against them in which we hadn't recorded a single goal. Now we can say that we not only scored against Chelsea, but we beat them as well. And yeah, just an unbelievable night that will live long in the memory.
2: Tom, how are you feeling? I mean, you've you got, you got the Spanish Carlin in hand and the Madryso. so, you, I mean, you, you look like you're happy.
4: Yeah, yeah, I mean, can't complain today. Everything's good. I, I was the same as Dana. Actually, I'd never seen Borough beat Chelsea in person. The first season ticket I got was a half-season ticket, and the second half of the season, the last time we beat them. So I'd already missed that game and then just never saw us uh, beat them again. I said that on Five Live before the game as well. I said, or or, or just before we kind of went live, just said I've never seen us beat Chelsea in person. And that's one ticked off the bucket list. But I've also never seen us beat Chelsea twice and, you know, seeing the second one on TV. So that would be great to see and tick off the bucket list as well. But um, no, I mean, that that was some atmosphere last night. It was great to be a part of. I'm really glad that I went. You know, I, I had to pick one out of Villa and Chelsea to go to. I think I picked the right one there. And yeah, I mean, it It was possibly the longest 90 minutes of my life <sighs> because as, as kind of good footballers as Chelsea are, I mean, just having all the possession, the fitness levels from them were incredible to be pressing us the way that they were. But we defended so well and weirdly for us, all the possession that they had. Other than the chances we gave them, they didn't ever look, look like scoring. But I didn't want to kind of think that during the game because I'm like, I'm going to jinx today. But <laughs> yeah, just what what a game to to be sitting and watching last night, buzzing with the results, and then it just it gives us a little bit of hope and it gives us something to take into the second leg as well. Yeah, absolutely does. And for me, yeah.
2: I think I've just came, I, I just came down from it, I think. I know it's been a busy day for me anyway, but just emotionally drained. The second half, I, I couldn't watch most of it. It was I was getting, as the pressure was starting to crank up even more, um, Chelsea were missing chances on not creating too much, but when a team pins uh, another team on their own box, really, it's, it can be a difficult watch uh, for anyone, so... Yeah, that was really stressful, but the elation of Hackney scoring and the whole build, I was just excited throughout the day, to be honest. I wasn't bothered about, I wouldn't say not bothered about the game, but I was just, like, happy and content that, you know what, we're in the semi-final, I'm just going to enjoy it, whatever. We win, we win, we don't, we don't. And, uh, yeah, now that we've won, it's just, like, brilliant. Can we maybe do it again at Stamford Bridge in a couple of weeks? But, yeah, we'll, we'll soon see, but, obviously, they're chuffed and, just emotionally, emotionally exhausted. I think like pretty much every poor fan is. Uh, but let's shout out the game because we did have four changes going into the game and obviously uh, against the side that lost against Aston Villa. Two players got injured straight away and like I laugh Alex Banguru, which we still don't know much about. And Dana, appreciate those players went off. You know, Matt Clark came in and did superbly well, but how would you assess Middlesbrough's overall performance yesterday because it was something a little bit different from what we've been used to, especially the last couple of games.
3: Yeah, it was. And I think Carrick deserves immense credit, really, for the way that he's set up because, okay, maybe to a degree it's fallen in his favour a little bit given injuries. But also, let's give him credit because, you know, that hybrid of a back three and a back five and at times a back four, it's really blocked off the space. And I think we did that really well yesterday. Chelsea didn't look like they wanted to even find an answer to be honest they were incredibly poor but at the same time Borough were excellent they're really efficient defensively again that that mental test for them probably more than physically actually because when you don't have the ball for that long as we did in in pretty much the whole of the second half to be honest and for the majority of the game actually it's going to test you and it's going to test basically when you press because Borough sat back a lot and I think that was a really good game plan just to be able to, as I said, block off the space and you mentioned it on BBC Five Live before the game to make sure that you control the centre of the pitch and not let them dominate that middle part and to force them out wide and we did that so well and I think credit has to be to the players for adapting because obviously when Bangura went off, Engel moved into that position and he did really well and Matt Clark came on and he was fantastic. You know, he got his head to pretty much everything in that second half. There were a few, a few moments in the first half where he was caught ball watching a little bit, but he really grew into that game and, and Dale Fry was immense. He was unbelievable in that match. Physically dominant, really just took command of of that game. And yeah, to a man, they were all absolutely excellent. You know, I I can't fault any of them, to be honest. I was so proud. You know, there was multiple... Moments in that game where I wanted to go on that pitch and just help them and, you know, boot the ball out for them because I I was we all saw it. We all saw the massive effort that they put in to get in that result over the line. And I'm so proud of every single one of those players. I'm going to cry in a minute, I think. I've become a massive softie over the years with football, but that just made me so unbelievably proud because we have a shocking record against Chelsea. They've done a number on us on a number of occasions, and it's great to be able to say that we did a number on them yesterday.
4: Tom, how would you assess it? Like I said earlier, just the longest 90 minutes of my life watching that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I think especially after we scored, because I'm just like, I really want to see us hold on to it. I couldn't, and I still haven't researched this, I couldn't figure out in my head if away goals... Apply in the Carabao Cup semi-finals. So as well, I'm sat there thinking, God, I hope they don't get one and like take that back to Stamford Bridge and win it that way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was such a such a good defensive effort from from the players. One thing I did note, which you know, I, I've been listening to um, Chelsea fan reaction videos in the background at work <laughs> <laughs> this afternoon, just to, to put a <laughs> smile on my face. But um, something I did note that they've kind of pretty much all been talking about as well is they started without a recognized striker and then had sterling and was it uh, uh, mean, yeah.
1: I'm,
4: I'm i i do not really watch too much of the the Premier League so I'm not seeing too much of him this season but they had those running at, at our um those guys were running at our wing backs and putting crosses into to nobody and that's why I was saying earlier other than the the chances that we gifted them they just never really looked that threatening because you know what's gonna happen like cross gonna come in and you know four foot Raheem Sterling out jumps McClark or something like that. Like again, I didn't want to kind of jinx it during during the match, but I was I was stood there think well sat there thinking they're not doing anything when they go forward. They they have a lot of the ball here and they're passing it around really well. But in hindsight after the match I was like the the best chances that they had we gave them so it was, it was such a such a solid performance from us. And, you know, go, going into the game, I was the same as you, Johnny. Like, I, I was kind of, like, really, really calm for it. I've, I've never seen us, like I said earlier, never seen us beat Chelsea in person. So it was just like, yeah, whatever happens, happens. I'm not really expecting anything. But to, to come out of that with, with a win was just absolutely unbelievable. And as Dana said, to a man, everyone played their part and, and was absolutely f- phenomenal last night. Hopefully we can do the same thing in, in a couple of weeks' time. I, I, I don't know if we will, but I am I feel like I'm kind of half expecting a bad result like on, on Saturday in Smilwell now just because everyone's that <laughs> mentally exhausted from the effort they put in last night. Well,
2: I Hopefully. want to take you back a little bit, Tom, just, I know, just to keep the emotion... So, like, this just give me the last bit of emotion that you've got. But the Hayden Hackney goal, Dan Ballas is playing an absolute worldy and ball over the top, and you know Zaire Jones gets the ball. And I, honestly, I'm not going to lie, he was going to lose it, but he plays it through <laughs> over, uh, over his legs, and then Hayden Hackney <laughs> just slots it home. So talk to me when that goal it
4: goes in. I bet you could not could not believe your eyes when that went in. That was absolute saints. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm down the other end of the stadium from it. So it was a hard enough job trying to, like, get a, a sight of the ball and where that had gone. But you see the south stand jump up first, and you're just like, oh, my God, that's gone in. We were all jumping around all over the place. There was a guy sat next to me who doesn't sit in, in, in our section usually, has <laughs> clearly just bought a ticket for this one match, and he was, he was filming everything for, like, his... Um, i think it was for tiktok or something like that I filmed absolutely everything and i'm pretty sure i'm going to be honest tiktok uh, TikTok, and i was screaming (laughs) down the camera (laughs) jumping jumping around all over each other but it it was just so reminiscent of like what we had at like man united away what other people had at spurs at home i was in hospitality for that one so it was more of a reserve celebration from me that night but yeah, it, it just kind of it was very reminiscent of those, and and I think one thing I was thinking going into it was as calm as I was, I thought in the last couple of years I've seen us beat Man United away, I've seen us beat Spurs at home, we can do this, like why can't we do it? And yeah, such a good feeling for for that goal to to be going in, but then like I said, as soon as that went in, they were back on the back in possession, and I'm just like right just hold on to it and then the nerves start again yeah and obviously the nerves do
2: like filter across the whole stadium but I thought the atmosphere last night was electric and obviously Dana when when Hackney scored right the the, the the if there was a roof on the riverside it probably would have went off right
3: oh yeah I mean that was transcendental and then some. I mean Jesus Christ When the East stand goes nuts, you know something good's happened. And I took a quick glance over to the South stand and those limbs were insane, like insane. And you know what, after Hackney scored, I thought, even if Chelsea go on to win this game, at least we can say that we had that moment and they can never, ever take that away from us because we've had games in the past, big games, where the crowd's been expecting of that outpouring of raw emotion a goal to celebrate, uh, you know, the, the playoff final of 2015 last season, the playoff semis against Coventry. I remember writing after that game about the absence of that. And so the fact that we had that moment to keep with us for literally the rest of our lives is is just brilliant. And the fact that it counted towards what was a win in the end is so special. That spontaneous crescendo of raw euphoria is just an incredible feeling it's so very football I don't think anything else comes close to that level and it's not just an individual feeling it is shared by thousands of people at the very same time and yeah to hit it on that note of genuine ecstasy is is a high that I I don't think anything else can can give you to be honest and the fact that it was Hayden Hackney as well local boy turned local hero. I mean, what a week he's had, by the way, a captain in his boyhood club for the first time against Villa and then scoring uh, the decisive goal against Chelsea in a League Cup semi-final. I, I Honestly, in that moment, I think I lost it. I, 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 I don't even have the words anymore. I think my vocabulary's just gone out the window because I can't really describe how that felt. I can only describe, well, I can't, I just can't. It was just an incredible moment and we all lost our shit in the East end. we did, and I'm sure it was the same for everyone else in the stadium. It was an incredible moment and a really good goal as well, by the way.
1: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments.
2: Yeah, really good goal. And, you know, I think the way that Balassa gives himself a little bit of space, that first time ball right over the top and to hit it so perfectly is, a, is incredible. And I would say balassa has been amazing the last couple of games. Um, but I'll come and praise the place a little bit later on. But for me, it reminded me of the European nights a lot when, you know, those European nights sometimes when you're playing like the likes of Lazio and you, you went into And I remember when Zenden scored and that was just like electric, you know, the, the Star of Basel games. All of those games were amazing, you know, and when you go back to maybe 2003-2004 when uh, it looked like Stuart Parnaby scored, but it wasn't, it was a raise on goal, but it was a, those moments uh, are really special, I think, sometimes with football and you you don't get a lot of them, so you've got to enjoy them when when they're there and it was just kind it just felt for me that, like, when that goal happened, it was like, wow, this could be a really, really good night for us and we were, I would say, you know, when the more and more Chelsea played, it kind of grew in confidence. slightly like, even though I was like staring at my seat, I think Matt was looking at me saying, "Johnny's just past it, <laughs> past it." But Tommy, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I so saw you then around Chelsea not playing a recognised striker, and you know they've still got quality. You know Nani made Sterling and Cole Palmer all England, England nationals to some extent. Nani's obviously under twenty ones, and uh, Sterling Cole Palmer have both played for the for the senior team as well, but they didn't. Play with that recognised striker, and appreciate they got the injuries. So, do you think when the ball fell to Cole Palmer, although he's been called called cold Palmer uh, if we're going against Luton, <laughs> do you think Borough will let off the hook a little bit, Tom, with the amount
4: of chances that, that he missed yesterday? I think for for a couple, yeah, that that one, the house and pa- tried to pass across to, I think he was going for Barlaza, oh, and just essentially played him sorry. through. I was fully expecting <laughs> the net to ripple. I wasn't in my usual seat yesterday because we had to kind of do some like uh, rejigging in, in our our uh, our raw. And someone had kind of stood up just as that happened, so like I didn't see where the ball had travelled. I was fully expecting to see it hit the back of the net, and when it hit the ad board, I was like, "How has he missed that?" A similar thought process for when he he managed to scoop it over from from four yards out. But I, I think what. What I was thinking, again, thinking it quietly to myself, trying not to jinx it, was like, "This looks written." The amount of things that are going wrong for Chelsea tonight, I was like, "This should only go one way now, and it should be like we hold on to this this lead and and take a win away." But yeah, just it, like I say, it seemed written. So many things were were going wrong for them. They're having shots which were going into rose heads. Cole Palmer missing sitters. Players not really, not really playing as as you know we would probably expect them to. You know, being Premier League players. And I I think that's something a lot of their fans are are thinking as well. Judging from the videos I was watching earlier, they were saying they they look like eleven people who don't like each other have been put on a a pitch together and. Mm you know, asked to play together. So I think we got off the hook for those couple of chances, but like I said earlier, it was a really solid display from us and I don't really think we allowed them much else and they never looked likely to create much else either. Mm. Dana, what, what's your thoughts?
3: Well, just a, a point um aside from the mischance for a quick second, what Tom mentioned there. I think, obviously... <laughs> the Chelsea team billions have been spent on it I know I don't know the exact amount or estimated value of the team yesterday but you know billions have been spent on Chelsea Football Club this season but they did not have that team cohesion yesterday they really didn't they had a team of individuals and Borough had that really thought out game plan and a team game plan that really works so I think that really guided Borough through that game but yeah in regards to the missed chances That first one, when Housen played that really poor ball, it reminded me a lot of, do you remember in the Euros where Raheem Sterling played the ball and Thomas Muller was through on goal and he missed it? It reminded me a lot of that in a way. And it's funny because Raheem Sterling was on the pitch yesterday, albeit not involved in that. But it's just that, split second of dread when Housen loses the ball and you see that an opposition player is through on goal and you you genuinely fear the worst. If anybody thought in that moment that Cole Palmer was going to miss that, you're lying. (laughs) You are lying to yourself. Mm. You thought that was going in. We all thought it was going in. And so the fact that he dragged that wide, the the lady behind me tapped me on the shoulder and went, this is our game, this. And I thought, don't jinx it, please don't. Please don't say that. But she kept repeating it. And it's funny, actually, when Tom kind of mentioned it there that it kind of felt like maybe it was written that Borough were going to go on and win this game because of the fortune that that favoured us. Obviously, the one behind me was was feeling that as well. And, and yeah, maybe there was a degree of that. I think Borough had to ride their luck. I mean, games against Man United in the cup when we knocked them out on penalties under Chris Wilder. Cristiano Ronaldo missed a penalty. Bruno Fernandes hit the bar against Tottenham. Son had a really good chance ahead of header. Um Harry Kane had a a goal disallowed I think Crooks inadvertently deflected a, a corner goal bound Joe Lumley for once in his career had good <laughs> reflexes and, and managed to put it out for a corner so like you have to ride your luck in these cup games because there's such a golfing quality you have to hope that fortune's on on your side and it definitely was yesterday because I don't know how Cole Palmer did not score and then to see him walk off at the end like a spoilt child was um was weird. I think if you're a Chelsea fan, you're fuming at that because that is not a a, a quick journey up to Teesside. side. And Cole Palmer literally, as soon as the full time whistle went, he was down the tunnel. And I just thought that was really disrespectful to the Chelsea fans. But oh well.
4: <laughs> just to kind of add on to that as well about um, like fortune favouring us and uh, and and stuff. Yesterday, I thought a really interesting parallel that I remember quite vividly from 2004 and the final. That shot, Cole Palmer had, where Glover saved it, but like tipped it up onto one of the defenders. Can't remember mm-hmm. who it was.
3: I think it was Housing.
4: It came back to him and like just dropped straight back in his arms. Reminded yeah. me so much of Schwarzer in that okay, that yeah, League final where it kind of bounces back off the post, uh, <laughs> and and like he, he manages to uh, to make a double save off it as well. I think it was when it bounced back off the post. I might be thinking of a different save, but there's definitely a double save that he made. Yeah, And and one of the Bolton players just hit it straight at him and you just think then, like, this is written for us today and interesting that it happened to another big Aussie goalkeeper. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: like, honestly, the parallels,
2: you know, this is insane. But I think for, for me as well yesterday, I just think there was... I think one, I didn't think the Chelsea players wanted to be there at one point. For most of it, it felt like that. It's the um, coldest s- place on earth. You can't blame him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's got to grow up, haven't you? Um, a little bit. Um, I, was, yeah, I, I was excited, to see some of the players yesterday, I must admit. But for me, I think there was a bit of arrogance about Chelsea yesterday in terms of doing the same thing over and over again and not changing it. Um, You know, playing inverted wingers and no recognized striker against a side who is purposely trying to dominate the midfield and have loads of bodies in the centre you are literally just running yourself into more people Um trying to stretch a game out and you were your own downfall I think yesterday the, the goal for me was amazing it came at the right time I just wish we had that second chance I always, I'm just thinking of that Corbin chance where oh, not really a chance really but where Thiago Silva slips and he runs through and I'm like oh my god we're in Josh go on Josh you're going to go score and then he <sighs> slips Oh, and then it's like, it's like, so, so all like little things where I'm just like, oh my God, Josh, like, why? Um, Imagine what, if that just... was
3: Latte Lath on that. That's why I thought mm. when Latte Lath went off, I was like, oh, because it's two completely different profiles of strikers there, isn't it? And you could tell mm. exactly why Latte Lath started the game to stretch Thiago Silva. Like, let's be honest, he's a fantastic defender. Like, if you want to learn how to defend, watch Thiago Silva. Like, he's incredible. But up against Latie Lath, I think he would have had a, a far tougher um evening. Mm. I think Latte Lath probably would have made a better fist of it. So yeah, when that opened up, or after it had opened up, I thought, just imagine if Latte Lath was on the end of that. And
2: it was yeah, yeah, I think you would put your house on him scoring as well if you went if he went all the way through, I think. Um I just I don't know why. It's a, it's just a very Latte Lath chance. And, you know, obviously Boris' shape had to change or the way of playing had to change when, when Josh came on. But what I, what I would say is the last couple of games, the way that we've been able to, well, it's not really really a new thing, but to play across four different shapes, be really disciplined, keep really narrow, limit these teams to chances. I mean, Aston Villa only created chances through set pieces. Chelsea, worked from our own mistakes. And I think a lot, Goes into how well um, we were so structured in in those games, but then and this is like a new. So where's where's this defensive Middlesbrough been all season? I know we've been really unlucky in some games where we've conceded some absolute worldies and some really unlucky ones. But where's this defensive unit been? When when why hasn't it not clicked already? You know what I mean? I know it's a bit more defensive. The shapes changed a little bit slightly, but where, where's it been?
3: Well, I mean, we haven't been playing with this this system, this formation in the league. And I think you've got to acknowledge that the past two games have been against Premier League teams. So we do yeah. have to be a little bit more conservative in our approach. But still, when we can, try to get at them, get in their faces and try to be incisive as much as we can be on the attack I mean they showed a a graphic on Sky before the game where we were averaging 1.8 goals per game last season and now it's only one per game so like, obviously we've taken a, a dip in terms of our threat up front but defensively we are underperforming our expected goals against. And, I mean, people will will tut at that and and raise their eyebrows and say is a load of rubbish and whatever. Hopefully people know by now that we do like our XG on this podcast. It just peels back a, another layer of a football match. But even taking XG out of the equation, if you look at the goals that we've conceded this season, for a lot of them you think, God, we shouldn't be conceding that. Like... Mm there are so many examples because Matt Rowney obviously has the, the compilation of it where like the Wesley Hoot one, where he literally volleys it straight in from a corner, top bins, Andrew does pinging one in, arrowing it into the top corner. Like you don't need XG to think that just shouldn't be going in, but actually gives you the data behind it, that it's unlikely to go in. So our defense isn't terrible. That's the thing. Like, you look at the amount of goals we've conceded and you create this narrative that it is, but it isn't. It's been different in recent games because we've switched the system. We've had to. We're playing superior opposition to us in every department in Villa and Chelsea. I know Chelsea are weighing in a little bit, shall we say, in the Premier League. They, they always seem to be going through a bit of a rebuild, to be honest, but they're still a, a superior team to us. They took off Enzo Fernandez yesterday, a £100 million signing for one of them was... Another £100 million signing in Woodry. Yeah, Mudrick came on and he was like, was he 80? I mean, this they've spent far too much on these players, let's be honest. But, you know, they're paying for potential, I guess. But yeah, we, we've had to change it because of that. And do I want to see this continue in the league? Probably not, because I think it, it, it takes away our attacking threat, which is already lesser than last season, but still relatively OK. So, yeah, we've just had to adapt and... That's why this defensive unit we're seeing it because we've adapted depending on our opposition. And to be fair to Carrick, it's worked. But to say that our defense has been really awful this season, I think would be a—it it just wouldn't be the narrative. To be honest, we've underperformed, yes, but we have been massively unlucky, and you can't get away from that.
2: I agree. And then I just want to go off one final point on on the game yesterday, it was actually pre match. But Tom, we went to a certain place yesterday. It wasn't Shouts Island, you know, for our, our listeners and viewers. It wasn't Shouts Island because you would have had a lovely time before kickoff. but we, I we mean, went to uh, the... it realistic, so... Yeah, we, I know, yeah, yeah. You, you do, but um, really badly, don't you? Um, but we went to a special place, you know, mine and Dana's um, pre-match chip ban. Uh, you got the works, and I just want to know how you felt about it, to be honest, because were you were you happy with it? You know, it six pounds, you got the, the meat chips. And Johnny, gravy, I'm I'm never
4: expensive. going anywhere else for food before the match. <laughs> like all after six quid was was absolutely immense. Um, yeah, I mean to to explain it to, to the listeners, it was chips, pork, gravy, and stuffing. And like what more could you ask for before a game? So, yeah, I mean they've got another regular customer now. Thankfully, it's next to the car park where I park, so uh, you know it's it's a very short walk from the car to there. And I will be uh, be attending every every match day, so I might see you there.
3: I can't believe that you've missed out on it this whole time when you literally park right Me next either. door. That is insane, no. Tom. I know. Shame on you. Yeah. <laughs>
4: I should have dragged well, it on a little bit more, because I know you're waiting to go for your tea in a minute, Johnny, but uh, yeah, just <laughs> excellent food. <laughs> well, keep keep the praise coming, because it's now time
2: for the praise and place. Butter! Butter! Ah, yes, the praise and place. The only place I'd like to give praise to a player quarter staff member, uh, Dana's Boroska and... The two thousand three, two thousand four uh, shirt, which ironically won the last cup. And Tom, I am just going to say to you because congratulations for your personal achievement today as well, which I can't really share with the listeners. But I am just going to say it's a personal achievement and let the listeners decide what it is. Um, so <laughs> present place time, I'll keep with you, Tom. Who was in your present place this week?
4: Pretty much everyone, to be fair, all, all of the uh, all of the team putting an absolute shift. I, I can't really. Single out anyone for for praise because I think they've all done an absolutely immense job last night. Coaching staff for getting the strategy and the tactics absolutely spot on and managing that game correctly, and then everyone who turned up at the stadium and made it that sort of atmosphere that was so encouraging for for the borough players, but also probably made it incredibly intimidating for Chelsea as well. Dana, who's new place, yeah.
3: I want to mention Dan Barlasser because there was a moment in particular in the, I want to get this right, first half where we had just played ourselves into danger because Lucas Engel played a misguided pass to I think it was maybe Matt Clark and uh, no Dale Fry and Conor Gallagher got on the end of it and it went out for a, a goal kick in the end and from that very goal kick Dan Barlasa takes the ball from Tom Glover on the penalty spot pretty much sells. Conor Gallagher, a dummy, absolutely dusts him, fakes a, a pass and just switches it beyond him. And then he plays a line splitting ball straight over to, to Josh Coburn along the floor. He drives it at him and it takes out the whole of the Chelsea forward line midfield. And unfortunately, Coburn ends up his passing field is, as it was pretty much all game, a little bit wayward. But that the audacity, the confidence from Dan Barlesser to play out from the back in that way after we just nearly fucked ourselves over is insane. And and the pass itself was, I think, the epitome of his ability, his passing ability and his passing range. And he's really impressed me in the last two games against Premier League opposition. But I will say that his performances, his good performances have predated that as well. He's been quietly good for a while, Dan Barlasa, but he's now starting to make his performances, his good performances a bit louder. So I have really enjoyed him. And credit to his ball playing ability as well, because he's not just a passer. And we've seen that in the last two games. He's shifted the ball beyond people and he's, he's dribbled it out of trouble really well at times. Um, so I want to praise him. Again, the whole team. We'll say Dale Fry because Dale Fry doesn't seem to get a lot of praise nowadays, but I thought that he was excellent when he was called upon defensively. He stood tall, he headed the ball out, he was tackling really, really strongly, and and I think he guarded that um, borough goal really well and really helped Tom Glover out in just defending basically. And it was a it was a brilliant um, display from him defensively, and then the fans as well. Twelfth man urging people to get the scarves out, which was just a, a really beautiful sight that I really want to see normalised in Borough Games. Hopefully see them against Millwall in the away end. And, you know, Red Faction as well. Them two fan groups orchestrating that and everyone in the stadium contributing to it. It was a really, really, really good atmosphere. The one that gives you goosebumps. And, um, yeah, thinking back to when I said that I've become a massive softie, when <laughs> when Red Faction came out with that banner at the bottom of the South which said bring it home again I was like oh god lump in my throat here I was like nearly crying but yeah it was a an unbelievable atmosphere that I kind of it just made you emotional because it was just a night of pride that you know that really filtered into
2: yeah definitely and for me I'm gonna go for my boy Lucas Engel I thought he was majestic last night and he keeps getting better and better and better and better and it's mint and you know I give him five star and he's slowly getting there and I'm really happy for him for that uh, as well, I thought Dan Balazs was brilliant uh, last night. Matt Clark was excellent. Whole, I think the whole team was was definitely excellent. But Dan Balazs is an interesting one because there is some players who do better against like in a, in a higher league. So for Balassi he'll get he'll probably get more time against a Premier League team than he would against a side in the Championship, and that is kind of what he wants. And I think that's where you get like the real benefits for him when he has that moment of times to pick the right pass or get the ball over the top. And it's just really interesting for him. And obviously Hayden Hackney was superb last night. And, you know, I think overall everyone deserves a lot of praise. And can we do it again? Who knows? Uh, but guys, I am want to leave it there for now. We do have some more content coming out uh, this week. Obviously the Luke Alien, uh signing as well uh, is now being confirmed. So a lowdown is imminent. And also we've got a uh, Millwall as well coming up uh, at the weekend too. But for right now, I'm going to leave you with something to ponder. Middlesbrough have had their worst start to the season and they use a cup run to ignite it. They found themselves somehow in a major cup semi final against a team from London. You no, know, they won the first leg 1 0, courtesy of a Teesider. Well, in this case, an adopted one. And there was an Australian in goal as well. Am I talking about this season? Am I talking about 2003, 2004? I think I'm talking about both. This has been the Bora Breakdown podcast, and that. Was I a Boremaster Chatter in a pod? It can't happen again, can it?